0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Ryan. I'm calling from the Seattle area. My father recently asked me about an ETF that he was thinking about purchasing. The ticker is HNDL. I'm just a, a little bit concerned about this one, so I was hoping I could get your take.
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: It is kind of exotic. And I don't care for exotic investments for retired people.
0: Invest over 31 million downloads and counting.
2: If you were me, what would you do? Situation. So
1: I am 45. My wife is 45. I'm gonna have my house paid off probably in five years.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 Shark.
3: This podcast is produced by. KPP Financial, Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is April, um, April huh? May twenty eighth, two thousand twenty one, Friday. Now for a long weekend, we have a long weekend coming up this weekend. So that's nice. And of course, you know, we dedicate every show um, to you with our, and we start off with our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And we try to, that's our effort to try to assure you that we will give you accurate market reporting, uh, uh, explain our processes, uh, you know, as far as how and what we are buying and why. Um, you know, and anything educational, we'll share with you. We want you to learn. We want you, you know, you don't, you can do this on your own. You can. There's no magic bullets. There's no magic, anything. There's no secrets. It's just work. You just have to understand what you're doing, and there's work involved. That's it. That's all. And if you like doing it, it doesn't feel like work. Which that's that's my story. Doesn't feel like work to me. I like doing it. So that's what we do here on this show. We try to do it all without any bias, one way or another. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to give me a call. This is a call-in show. You drive the show wherever you want it to go. So give me a call. The line is always open, it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you can't call me live, like right now, we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, if you can't do that, you still can call, leave your question. 888 chart is a number. 888-992-4278. 888-99-CHART. Okay, enough of that. So let's go right to the first listener line question.
1: Hi, I'm interested to buy this company for a long-term investment. The ticker symbol is TTCF. TTCF. Can I have your opinions, please? Thank you so much.
2: Okay, Tattooed Chef. Okay, Class A shares. Manufactures plant-based prepared foods and ingredients in California and Italy. Strange, California and Italy just seems strange to me. Why those two places? It's a one point seven billion dollar company. Stock is twenty one dollars and twenty eight cents a share. It's going to make thirty cents next year. It lost seven cents this year. It made money in the previous years, but it lost money in two thousand twenty one, and I'm I'm wondering why. Why, the reason why I'm saying I'm wondering why is, you know, I realize that maybe because they do a lot of business with restaurants and COVID, uh, or do do that, and that, that, that's the only way I can, I'd have to read more about what they do with their plant based food. The sales cell, growth, it, even during COVID, was very strong 70, 95, 95, 48, and 59%. Those were the quarters of the last. You know, five quarters. So sales growth was strong. Why didn't they make money? Anyway, they're going to make $0.30 this year, and it's a $21 stock. So that tells you how expensive it is. I mean, a normal market P.E. 15 would mean that this stock was $4.50. Okay, normal market P.E. But let's say it's growing so fast. Let's give it a 30 P.E. Let's be generous. Let's give it a, you know, would you give it a hundred PE and that would be thirty dollars stock? Remember, it's twenty one now. So you see how expensive it is, it's like seventy five PE. Based on, uh, it's not for me. Uh, just from the numbers, I wouldn't do it. I, I'm not interested in buying growth stocks at this point. I'm interested in value stocks. I, I, i I mean, I don't know enough about it. I can't see enough, so I can't really answer you on that question. Okay eighty eight ninety nine Chart, everybody. My focus point today concerns a story according to an, an to an insider who claims knowledge. Amazon is looking at opening up pharmacy stores, stores, brick and mortar stores. Remember, Amazon the ones who just who's trying to destroy brick and mortar stores, and here they are talking about opening up pharmacy brick and mortar stores. I think that's a pretty interesting story. So that's going to be our main talking point. And as you know, it's Friday, and I usually share highlights from the premium newsletter, the KPP premium newsletter, and I will do that. My trivia question today centers on the state of California. About 39 million people live here today. It has the largest economy in the U.S., but I bet there are some interesting things you don't know about California. So my trivia question is coming up at the halfway mark of the show. Other things I want to talk about. The PCE report came out. That's uh, the Fed's favorite gauge of inflation. We'll talk about that. Uh, You know, Monday's a holiday, right? So the markets are going to be closed. But I want to mention some of the reports coming out next week. It's going to be a shortened holiday week for reports. But there's some that are going to be pretty interesting. Um, talk about the average citizens, just the average Joes, me, you, and everybody else who pays taxes. How much do we pay? Do you think, every year? How much total? And how many people? How many Americans every year are either defrauded or have their uh, have their uh, their information stolen? Either are defrauded or have their identity stolen. How many, how many people do you think? 50%? 1%? So I'm going to talk about those. That's what I want to talk about. The market was up today. The Dow was up 65 points. The NASDAQ was up 12. And the S&P up 3. Not a big day. Uh, but I thought that, you know, pretty decent day for, for being in front of a three-day weekend. You know, usually the Friday before a three-day weekend, investors are nervous about holding on to things. Some traders don't want to. That's for sure. So, not a bad day. So, we're headed into the break. Brandon from Seattle, hang on there, please. You will be next. For everyone else, my investor phone number is open, and always open, 888-99-CHART.
0: We've already passed the halfway point of the second quarter. The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react you'll have questions, Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free Invest Talk Podcasts. The Invest Talk Anytime listener line never closes. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278, we're gonna to talk to somebody in Seattle. How are you doing, Brandon? Thanks for calling, I appreciate it. Huh?
1: No problem, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you for the call again. You wanna talk about PG&E? Uh-huh.
1: I do um when p g and e came on the back side of bankruptcy, I scooped up about six hundred shares about probably around five dollars or so in that range and uh-huh. I just wanna see what your take on it was for a long term hold if there's a if you could see them recovering in the you know future down the road or if that's uh, if I'm playing a fool's game and what I'm thinking.
2: I, I think I think if you bought it at five and here it is it's sitting at ten dollars and fourteen cents. I at least take half my profits. Um, they're they're going to make a dollar twelve next year after making a dollar one this year. They're a long way from making four and five dollars a share when the stock was fifty sixty dollars a share. I, I I don't see them doing that for years and years if at all. Sales growth is pretty small in the single di- high single digits, eight nine. Sometimes they reach 10%. So that's not going to change. They're not paying a dividend. They have a lot of debt. Most utilities do. PG&E, everybody, engaged in generation and distribution of electricity, natural gas. Uh, In California, northern central California, and my biggest fear, my biggest fear, to be honest, Brad, Brendan, is California is so litigious. Any fire, any wildfire out there, people are going to look the blame the the power generating companies because they have wires going everywhere, and so I think the lawsuits are not are going to be never ending. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the tobacco lawsuits, never ending. You know, um, so I, I think you, I don't think it's something I would not hold it long term. Not would not be a long term hold for me. Okay, Brandon, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. David,
0: hello. Uh, This is Dave from New Hampshire. Um, Really love the show. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. Um, I had a question on ticker symbols BBL and BHP. They seem to represent the same amount of BHP. Um, I can't find much of a difference other than BBL seems to be domiciled in the U.K. while BHP is domiciled in Australia. And it looks to me like I should be buying BBL because I think there's a tax treaty between the U.K. and the U.S., And BBL does look like it's trading at a discount to me. So I was wondering if you could take a look at those two and let me know if you see any real differences.
2: Huh. BBL is BHP Group, ADS, uh, headquarters in Australia, uh, an Australian company engaged in the mine of metallurgical and energy coal, iron, ore, oil, gas, and magnesium. And BHP... Okay, BHP is a also a strong company, and so I'm not sure what the difference would be. It's not telling me here what I'm seeing. It, it could be just a matter of a different, uh, different uh, uh, class of shares, right? A shares, B shares, different voting rights. Um, but I don't know that because it's the same company with the same business, the same everything else that I can see from my screens. If I go from one to the other... BHP is selling for $74.11, where BBL is selling for $60.75. Uh, let's remember check out the, in, the earnings for BBL is $6.38 next year. But how about BHP? What are they next year? $6.64. So they're going to make a little bit more. Hmm. I don't know the structure. I don't know the difference in structure, I should say. They're both mining companies and both are in the iron ore and coal and oil and gas. So um, BHP says they're going to grow their sales 15% next year. How about BBL? Same thing. (laughs) I don't know. That's a stumper. I I don't, David, I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why there would be a difference. And, yes, BBL seems to be less expensive with the same sales growth. So if you're going to buy one, I'd buy that one. But I would find out why there's a difference. I really would. Thank you for the call. My focus point today concerns a story, according to an insider who claims knowledge, Amazon is looking at opening U.S. pharmacy stores, brick-and-mortar stores. Will this happen? And would this hurt? The stock prices of other drugstores, CVS, and Walgreens, and those guys. Anyways, Amazon. Remember, what it's interesting to me about this whole story is Amazon destroyed. Is in the business of destroying brick and mortar stores, right? They you buy things through Amazon. You and look at all the stores that have gone out of business and are closed because of Amazon. All the brick and mortar stores I'm talking about. Now, Amazon's opening stores, physical stores. Now, they haven't decided. This is still rumor, by the way, everybody. But, you know, Amazon does deliver, home-delivered drugs right now. They just don't have any brick-and-mortar stores, no actual buildings. And they could easily do that because they they already own a grocery store chain, Right? Think about that. Remember, they bought, and then remember, I said a time ago, I said, I'm not sure why Amazon, a big discount uh, discount online uh, company, is buying and selling things, would buy. Um, 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 oh, uh, oh, God. I'm, I'm running out of things to say here. here it's an, anyway, remember, they bought, uh, what's the name of the big fancy. Uh, it's Whole Foods. There you go. Thank you very much. Whole Foods. So they can put their CVS stores or their drug stores in Whole Foods, competing with CVS and Walgreens and those guys. They can easily do that. And that's probably the path they'll take if that happens. They haven't decided, though. It's all rumor. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're on the eve of Memorial Day weekend, everybody. So with all the changes we see happening, it's important to remember that during times of market uncertainty, the task of building your financial freedom must continue. Doesn't matter. Always should be a goal of yours. Always in the forefront of your mind. We're talking, we're taking live calls, everybody. 888-99 charts.
0: When you tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or InvestTalk.com.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Ryan. I'm calling from the Seattle area. My father recently asked me about an ETF that he was thinking about purchasing. The ticker is HNDL, and I was taking a look at this for him, and it seems like it's a, sort of a combination of, you know, various bonds but some equity holdings and possibly some other stuff, which I'm not really 100% sure on. I think it's some kind of strategy or leverage strategy. So I was wondering if you guys could take a look. My dad is about 70 years old, so he should really be invested primarily in stable, you know, things that he's not going to have to worry about having major volatility. And I'm just a a little bit concerned about this one, so I was hoping I could get your take. Thanks, guys. Bye.
2: Yeah, I don't don't think... I don't think it's really a good holding for a retired person, you know, not wanting to take risks. Okay, this is a Nasdaq Seven Handle ETF. Okay, it's an ETF that seeks investment results of Nasdaq Seven Handle Index. So we got to find out what that index does. The index, the index is split into two components. We got to figure out. You mentioned those two components. Uh, It is kind of exotic. And I don't care for exotic investments for retired people. I, I don't care for, you know, can you can you do it? Sure, as long as it's a really tiny, small part of your portfolio, I'm okay with it. It pays a 4.9% dividend, but it's something that I would not suggest anybody buy. I need to do some research on it. Why? Another reason is because it's fairly new. It's only been out a couple of years, and you know during that two years it's done nothing but go sideways. It's hardly moved at all. Why would I want it the only time it really made a big move was down during the covid crash okay, that's when it made a big move went down almost all the way to eighteen, okay, but it's hovered around twenty five dollars and twenty two to twenty five for the ever since it's been in existence. So, why? Uh, why? Why? Why why own it? Why? It, there's no reason to do that. HNDL is the simple. 8899 chart. Okay, the PCE came out. That's core inflation. And that's the inflation gauge that the Federal Reserve loves to use. It was up 7 tenths of 1%. Okay, for the most recent month. It was, the month before, 4 tenths of 1%. But, That's the highest reading since two thousand and eight. So, is inflation? You know, the Federal Reserve has said that they see a spike. They're acknowledging a current spike in inflation, but they said it's going to calm down and that for nothing for us to worry about. I'm kind of worried about it. I don't. I'm not know if I'm agreeing with them on that. I think inflation is sustainable, and we'll talk about it. I understand that they see a current spike, but there's just a lot of elements in, in that I see in place. We were discussing this today, Justin, Nick, uh, Jason, you know the other money managers in the office, and you know back and forth as far as we would take each other's sides, you know, and argue why and why not we see inflation coming. and i I, I will share that with you over the next, you know, few weeks or so. but And I have been sharing you, with you why I think inflation might be sustainable, but I'll continue to do that. I'm just not convinced that I, I don't think it's going to jump as high as it has, but I think it may pull back a little bit, but I think we're on an upward trajectory. In other words, I don't think it's going to go back to 2%. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think, you know, our, term, our long-term average inflation rate is 3.3%. I think we're going to be higher than that. I think it's going to go to four, maybe five. And I, I don't know when the Fed's going to step in and try to contain it. I don't know that. They keep telling us, uh, let it run for a long time. Okay? You listen to InvestTalk, I'm and we're here uh, every day. Every day, waiting for your calls, wanting your phone calls. So don't hesitate to call 888-99-CHART. Here's another call that came in earlier.
1: Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Bobby from Atlanta. I had a question on Cardinal Health. The ticker symbol is, here's a Charlie, is an Apple, page is a house. Do you think it's a goodbye at these levels, or shall I wait for a few more days, weeks, or months? Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay, it's a fifty-six dollars stock. They're going to make six dollars and nineteen cents next year. Uh, they're growing in the low single digits. Cardinal Health C-A-H, uh, distributes branded and generic pharmaceuticals, over-the-counter healthcare, and consumer products. It's fairly inexpensive, but um, I-, I think it would be a good. I think it'd be a good buy. It pays a 3.5% dividend. I, I think this is a good price. Biggest issue is debt. That's what you need to look at. Look how much debt they have. Okay, as Justin and I have mentioned, we have InvestTalk listeners in every state of America, and we are certainly thankful for that. But now when you go to break, I thought I might, uh, yeah, it might be a fun, fun, lighthearted trivia question to give you. California is the largest economy in the United States, but let me test your historic knowledge about the state. When, Which year did California become a state? and when gold was discovered in California back in 1948, what do you suppose the population of California was at that time? About how many people do you think lived here before Gold Rush, 1848. After a break, I'll give you the answer: 88899 chart.
4: Let's say Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
5: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
0: Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the risk Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the risk Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
2: Okay, I asked a creepy be question before the break. Okay, when did California become a state? And what was the population in California just before the gold rush in 1848? Okay, at the time the gold strike, the population of California was 14,000 people. In the entire state, only 14,000 people, 1849, 48 After four years, the population exploded to 250,000 people. Between 1850 and 1859, miners extracted 28,280,711 ounces of gold. 28 million. In 2021, the prices, in 2021 prices, the 28 million ounces of gold would have been worth about $53 billion. Now, date of statehood, September 9th, 1850, capital of Sacramento, population today is 39 million people. It's crowded. But you know what's interesting is most of those people are below San Francisco, And did you know that San Francisco is only about halfway up the state? Half the state is very lightly populated. Most people don't know that. Also, did you know the highest and lowest point in the continental United States is located within 100 miles of one another? Mount Whitney, 14,505 feet above sea level, uh, and Badwater Basin in Death Valley, 282 feet below sea level. Bet you didn't know that one. Interesting, huh? What I find interesting is the lower half of California is controls the entire state. And if I was a Northern California resident, it would kind of tick me off that, you know, all the politics of California are controlled by half the state. That would not make me happy. Anyways, Okay, since it's Friday, I will be reviewing the newsletter in a few minutes, But you'll so you'll get some helpful hints. But first, let's take a live call. Sid from Canada. Sid. Hi, Steve. Good evening. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for the call.
1: I uh, want to discuss about SHW, Servin Williams. Uh, I looked at some of the details, and looks like it's a good stock to have it in the portfolio for the long term. I don't see any negative in that one, but like to hear your opinion before I go for 5% of my portfolio size in this talk.
2: Okay. Can you please give me your viewpoint? Thank you. Sure. This is Sherwin Willi- Sherwin-Williams Company. operates 4,784 paint coating stores in the United States, Canada, expands its stores base by 2% a year. Uh, it's a $226 billion company, so it's much bigger than most people think. They're going to make $10.31 next year. It's a twenty, uh, $283 stock. So you're looking at about a 22, 23, 24 PE. So what I'm going to suggest is it's it's already made a very nice run. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was a $100 stock at the COVID low, and today it's at 283. So it's already made a big run up. Uh, so um, you might be a late. It's no longer a value stock. has a great return on equity of 58%. doesn't pay much in a dividend. You know, uh, mutual funds are buyers of the company, and it grew 12% last quarter in sales. Usually the sales are below 5% every quarter, so it had a good year. So it's having a good run now, but I think it might be too late to chase, and you're going to be chasing the performance. It's too high. If you really wanted to buy it, I'd wait for a pullback back into the $230 range, Or I would consider it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. That was a Sherwin-Williams company. Bet you it was bigger than most of you thought, $226 billion size company. Okay, it is Friday. The KPP Premium News Hunter went out. I distribute it every Friday. The first section is called the market condition section. Uh, The market seemed to behave better this week, uh, uh, possibly because economic numbers continue to improve. Now, there is a concern over inflation, and I keep mentioning it every every newsletter week that comes out because I talk about the stats. But the apprehension by investors is kind of muted. I think they're getting used to that inflation noise. Mortgage rates continue to be very low, so the backbone of the housing market, which is mortgage rates, is still in place. Though prices of homes have forced a number of potential buyers out of the market. And I mentioned it feels like the housing market is starting to weaken. The Case-Shiller Home National Home Price Index for March was released this week, up 13.2% annualized. It was 12% the month before. So prices are really getting hefty. That's a pretty good increase. So it has become obvious that the economy is expanding. And with more spending coming from Congress, this should probably continue. The U.S. currently sits on a $27 trillion debt load, or expressed in another way, 127% of the GDP, of our GDP, 127%. The debt must be serviced, but what if the interest rates on our national debt rises to more than more to a more normal number like 3 to 4%? Right now 10-year treasury is only 1.6, 1.7%. That's super cheap. What if remember people have to buy our debt for us to carry that debt load? What if they decide they want more interest for our debt? Hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's a a, a worry. Uh, No one's really worried about it. Not yet. On the uh, portfolio management section, I talked about many individuals have put retirement plans on hold because they fear they will not earn enough money in later years of their life. Unfortunately, economic realities are much different than they were 10, 20 years ago. Before, you could get a pretty decent 7% yield on a fixed income investment. Now... You have to stretch and really hard to take get, take some really crappy debt to get that kind of interest rate, and you don't want to take that, especially if you're in retirement. You don't do that. So I talked about that, talked about inflation and you know, how that's going to affect your portfolio, and I talked about commodities to try to hedge against some of that inflation risk. In the stock ideas, natural gas gathering, processing, storage, and transportation one of the bigger stocks I mentioned in there. And we also, we happen to own, we mean in KPP Financial and our managed account for our clients, we own both of these stock ideas. The second one, uh, a leading international tobacco company engaged in the manufacturing and sale of, you know, cigarettes and non-cigarettes and uh, alternative to cigarettes. So we, we know what that is all about. Consumer Watch. I talked about, affordable retirement locations in the United States where they are. If you don't have a million bucks, you know, a million dollar investing, you don't have that, where can you go in the United States and still be able to live a comfortable life? So I I put them in order. Okay. The number one affordable place to retire is Brownsville, Texas. Okay. Low cost of living, $35,304 a year. Okay, so lots of senior amenities there, too. And the weather's not too bad. It gets kind of hot in the summertime. Texas always does. Uh, it gets pretty cold in the wintertime <laughs> because this was in northern Texas, up where the panhandle is. There is a lot of valuable information in the KP Premium Newsletter. Each week, it is easy for you to subscribe directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the full report each Friday directly to your inbox. So, now, remember, if this is uh, information, if I raise some questions, you're welcome to call and ask anything. You, I'll clarify anything you want to talk about. If it's okay. I encourage you to call. You can send us an email. Justin and I will always respond to them and ask your questions. Let's go to Robert in Fremont.
1: How you doing, Robert?
2: Hey, good, see you. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Thank you. This
1: is a, if you were me, what would you do? Situation. So I am forty five. My wife is forty five. Going to have my house paid off uh, probably in five years. Uh, so probably looking at a million in equity. Uh, as far as I understand it, I'll be able to write off five hundred thousand between the two of us. What would you do with, or what should I do? You know, with the you know I'm going to have probably another five hundred thousand. Okay, that'll be taxed. Is there something I should?
2: Yes. Do now. Yes. Robert, have okay. you made any improvements in your house? Made any improvements in your house? You painted it. Have you done flooring? Well, you we did a any? yeah, we did a second story addition uh, about three years great. ago. Great. How much that cost?
1: About two hundred thousand.
2: That comes right off that extra five hundred thousand. Okay. That's you add that all those additions and keep records, but add all the upkeep costs, not just routine upkeep, but I mean like, you know, if you did flooring, you put a new carpeting in, you you painted the outside of the house, you added a whole second floor. All those costs okay, get added yeah. to your cost basis when you bought the house. So instead instead of having a million dollar equity, you'll have if you just counted the two hundred thousand with the addition, you only have eight hundred thousand in equity. You see how that works? I got it. Okay. Yeah, you can say big buccarinis. Okay, that's how you try to protect your your nest egg. That's how I got. You should see the stacks of information. Every dime I I put something in the house, new toilet. Guess what? That's a new toilet. I'm taking that off. I don't care if it's two hundred twenty five bucks. Hey, that's two hundred twenty five bucks. I don't have to pay. You know. If I sell the house, I don't have to pay it as my capital gain. See, that's how you do it, Robert. Okay?
1: I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Good Thanks, luck. Steve.
2: Thanks for the call. Congratulations on the equity. That's great. Let's go to Noel and Napa. Noel. Yeah. Hi, Steve. How's it going, Noel? Hello,
1: hello Steve. Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I can't hear you too good.
2: Anyhow,
0: I'm calling about LUMN, Lumen Technology. I've got a big position in it. And I had okay. a trailing stop on it, but I got a message from TD America that my stop had been taken out. And then I looked further, and it uh, they removed the stop because uh, Lumen did something to affect the price of the stock today, but I couldn't find anything in the news. Do you know of anything that they may have done?
2: Well, let me see. There, There's a news that says uh, noteworthy Friday option activity, and Lumen was involved in that. Lumen Technology Inc ex dividend date scheduled for May 28th that's what they did okay they went ex dividend they paid a dividend so that dropped the stock price dramatically probably good what it was down what 3% or so 46 cents it's a $13.84 stock so everybody when well, the company it, it was only
0: down 1 and a 1.4% i think
2: okay maybe that's for the whole week 3.22 maybe
0: uh, well, now I
2: know. Thank you, uh, Steve. No problem. And for everybody else, and when a company pays a dividend, okay, that that takes the price of whatever they pay. Let's say a dollar dividend. They went X dividend date today. They paid a dollar dividend. The stock price will drop $1 today at the opening. The amount, exact amount of the dividend. Okay? So it open $1 less. Because that's what they went ex dividend date on the dividend, so that's why it moved so dramatically for him. Remember, it's a thirteen dollars four cent stock, so it's a low price stock. So if they pay and they pay a seven percent dividend yield, so when they pay, when they pay a dividend, it affects the price. Okay. Okay. So on Fridays, I generally make time for a quick rundown of some of the numbers. Two year Treasury yield, point one four five. Last week it was point one five five. The 10-year, 0.587, I'm sorry, 1.587 versus last week, 1.6. So the two-year and the 10-year, both yields went down, preserving the yield spread. The yield spread is an all-important thing here. Between The, two, the spread is the difference between the yield on the two-year and the yield of the 10-year, and that's the important thing you watch as an investor. Is the spread normal? Is the two-year... The yield up going up or the ten year going down? And do we have an inversion? Every time there's an inversion, meaning when the two year Treasury pays more than the ten year, we're headed into a recession. Always have. Happened in last year. We did it inverted the year before. Last year we went into a recession. It could it was caused by COVID, but still I expected us to go into one anyways. Okay, um, gold nineteen hundred four dollars an ounce. Last week was eighteen seventy one. It got above two thousand today early in the morning. Now it's nineteen oh four. It's been creeping up. Silver too. Silver twenty seven eighty per ounce. It was twenty seven forty one creeping up. Oil was selling at sixty six point nine four dollars per barrel. It was sixty three fifty four last week. And try to remember, a barrel of oil is not a 55-gallon drum. A barrel of oil is a 44-gallon drum. Why? I do not know. Okay? I don't understand why they do that. Uh, Let's see. National average for a gallon gasoline, $3.04. Us here in California, $4.18. And I I had to put premium in my car. It's close to $5 a gallon. Whoop-de-doo. That's just great. I should live in Mississippi, where it's $2.71. Oh, well, $2.71. Man, I wish I had that. We're headed into our final break. You can give me a call. 888-99-CHARGE.
0: Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
2: 888 chart Coming up on Monday on a special InvestTalk program, we have scheduled a new Best of Caller Questions show. The market will be closed on Monday for the Memorial Day holiday, but please let your friends know they can still download a fresh and fast-paced question-answer podcast. It's brand new. Okay, by the way, InvestTalk downloads are always free. Get them at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, InvestTalk.com. And now let's play a caller question.
1: Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Shannon in Palm Beach, Florida. Calling about Digital Turbine Inc, ticker symbol APPS apps. Got in on this one early, around $10 a share probably, like right around the beginning of the pandemic. It took off, grew up to about a little over $100 a share. And then as the growth stocks have kind of pulled back a little bit lately, it's kind of down in the low 60s now. Had a good run. My question is, do I kind of get out now and switch over to some value stocks, take my profit, or should I maybe keep a little bit in it? Or where do you see this stock possibly going from here? They might be acquiring, I guess, maybe another company soon. And do you think maybe it could kind of go back up a little bit? So just wanted to see what your thoughts were on where to get out and what, what to do with it in the near future. Thank you. I'll listen on the podcast.
2: Well, if you bought it at ten and it's now sixty-six, I definitely would take a bulk of my profits, but I would still hold on to a piece of it. This is Digital Turbine APPS's symbol. It develops mobile software that enables mobile content distribution and transactions. A five point nine billion dollar company growing over a hundred percent in sales a quarter last couple of quarters. So it's accelerating its growth. Earnings are gonna be sixty-nine cents this year and a dollar two next year. So at a dollar, it's trading at about sixty-six PE. Growth stock, typical growth stock. I am never tell people to get out of all your growth stocks, but what you do is you take that money that you made on this and you, you put, put buy some value stocks. Because growth has had a huge run for years. Doesn't mean they still won't go up, but you're going to have to be more particular. And this is a good company. Maybe you, what, is it worth 66 PE? No, no, 60 PE? No, it's not. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would take profits off definitely, but it's still a great company, and growing still fast. So I would hold on to a piece of it as well. Okay, remember Monday's a holiday, everybody. Next week we're going to have some interesting numbers. We're going to get the first quarter productivity number and first quarter unit labor costs. I, you know, I'm watching out or keeping an eye out for inflation, and that that will tell us a little bit about that. Next Friday we're going to get the uh, jobs report for May, which this is the 28th of May today. But next Friday we're going to get this month's jobs report, okay? And hourly wage. I'm as I said, I'm looking for inflation not only in prices but inflation. I want to see if we're going to start seeing inflation creeping into our um, in our salaries. Okay. Um, the average citizen, by the way, in taxes paid less I'm not talking about the ultra rich people that don't pay taxes. And you know what really bothers me is we really don't tax the ultra rich people. Even with Biden's new plan, he's not taxing billionaires. You know, he said, Well, we're gonna we're gonna try to get those guys with a a high capital gains tax. Billionaires they don't they don't care about that. they don't take salaries. So they don't have income tax. They live off dividends, or they live, you know, they don't, so we don't really tax. We tax high-wage earners is who we tax. Anyways, we pay 5.3, the average guys, we pay $5.3 trillion in taxes last year. $5.3 trillion. Now, you compare that with how much spending we're doing. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, and remember I asked at the beginning of the show, uh, how many people, Americans, do you think are defrauded every year? Actually, in 2020 is the statistics I'm quoting. 23%, almost one in four. One in four? Wow. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. We do appreciate it, and we appreciate you telling your friends and family about us. And you can download free podcasts every day, every day. Okay, it's always free, and if you do, you can do it through uh, Google Play, Spotify, desktop.com iTunes. We would appreciate it. And you can browse our podcast by topics these days. you think that's a nice little feature. 401ks, treasury yields, all that stuff growth stocks. So, independent thinking, share success, everybody. I want you to have a great long weekend and we'll see you next week. Good night.
3: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listening line at 888 99Chart.